Welcome to the Medical Sales Certification Podcast. This is Colby Wood, and this podcast is dedicated to making you a better medical sales rep, as well as giving you ideas and strategies on how to get hired in this industry. And before we get started with this episode, I wanted to let you know that I also have a YouTube channel where I share day in the life of a medical sales rep videos. So if you like this podcast, you'll certainly want to check out my YouTube channel And I'll have a link to that in the description of this episode. And finally, if you're wanting to get certified in medical sales, I have multiple programs on my website you can sign up for and take on your own time. They are focused around orthopedics because that's where my experience has been focused. But they would certainly be applicable to any of the surgical medical device roles and companies. So if you're interested in that, you can check them out on my website. And the link to that will also be in the description of this episode. So without any further ado, please enjoy this podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Colby Wood with the Medical Sales Certification Podcast. And welcome to this episode. And it has been a quite a long hiatus for me. So... Uh, I apologize, but a little bit of housekeeping. Um, was with a startup company, as you know, if you've listened to any of the previous episodes, and uh, and we were acquired. And uh, so, with the new company, I didn't want to spend um, really any of my time early on with the company doing anything else, just because I wanted to make sure that I was focused um, on developing the relationships with the people within the company, helping to grow the business, making sure everything was kind of on track, uh, getting my ducks in a row with the, uh, with the new company. So, um, anyway, I'm, I'm now back on the podcast game. We'll see how frequently I do these, but, um, I had an, uh, incident happen today. And so I felt like it would be a good way back into, uh, doing another podcast. I think it's probably been shoot six, seven, eight months. I don't know. So sorry for that. Anyway, um, I wanted to talk about, uh, something that, I feel like I've clarified, but maybe not so clearly, and this would be a good example of it. Um, and that is when I started producing some content for medical sales, and I want to say, you know, it, it had been YouTube or it might have been one of my early podcast episodes or something like that. I originally at the time thought that I would take somebody with clinical experience over somebody with sales experience, meaning that, you know, if you, if, if you're somebody that's a candidate for medical sales and you might have a strong clinical background, but no sales background or vice versa. And I had to pick somebody, I would pick somebody with a clinical background because they could help out early on much more quickly because they already know the anatomy. Um, they probably then pick up the procedures and the products more quickly. And then I could teach them the sales side of the business, uh, kind of as things progress, because a lot of times when you start out as an associate sales rep, you're not actually doing a whole lot of selling your job fundamentally in the early stages is to be covering cases, to be managing inventory, to be running and setting up uh, future cases and things like that. And a lot at the beginning is the, the business growth and the sales in the, in the uh, territory is driven by the territory manager much more than it is the associate sales reps. And so part of that was kind of my thinking um, at the time that, well, I would take the person that's strong clinically because they can help out early on and I could teach people the sales side of the business. But I, you know, I feel like I should clarify it here that I've changed my tune on that and flipped to the other side. And that comes about because of a number of 
kind of personal experiences and, and things that I've I've gone through, uh, both with people that I've hired in the past, but also other reps that I've kind of worked with and had experience with and things like that. And I don't know, maybe it's just generally understanding the industry better, working in it longer, um, getting better at the job. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's probably a combination of all of those things. But I, I have people ask me routinely enough about this question. You know, they say, well, you said that, you know, I watched this video where you said this thing, or I listened to this podcast episode where you said this thing and you said, you know, you'd prefer somebody with a strong clinical background over somebody with sales experience, da, da, da. You know, I'm, I'm that person, therefore, and my, I guess, kind of the point of this episode is to share what I witnessed and was involved in today and use that as kind of an explanation on why I, I think that hiring somebody that has sales experience or somebody that you think is stronger on the sales side of the business would be more beneficial than somebody that has a strong clinical background. And granted, like, again, with everything, take this as one man's opinion. Okay, this doesn't mean that every single person in the industry, like, I don't speak for medical sales, the medical sales industry. You could go to any company and you could probably find people that think differently than me. And that's fine. I, you know, I, what I don't want is people to hear this and then they're like, oh, therefore, every single interview I go to, they're looking for, like, it doesn't always work that way. So, you know, like, have some understanding of the scope of this conversation or this podcast and, and the application to it. But what happened today is I've been trying to um, work with a, with a rep to get in, uh, get our product into an account that we have kind of been held out of up to this point. And there's three doctors that go to this account. Two of them have used our device at another facility. And the third doc hasn't, but he has said verbally to us, he's seen our device. He said, yeah, I would like to use that or I'd be willing to try it. And so we've been trying to get it in at this facility. And that doctor who hasn't, he hasn't used it yet, but said that he would, that doctor is the kind of the key driver at this new facility where we're trying to get into. And so we're going to need his support. We're going to need him to um, kind of hold it down for us. But we've been trying to get it in the door up to this point uh, just by working at the rep level, working through the administrative staff that's in the in the uh, account. And so uh, the rep that um, works there that I've kind of been helping and, and I guess somewhat coaching on what to do and what to say and how to pitch it and how to present it. Uh, I went down there to that account today and hung out with him and we went into the OR manager's office between cases and uh, essentially we were trying to meet with her because this rep has uh, emailed her a couple of times um, about wanting these surgeons wanting to trial the product there and hasn't really gotten a response from her. And he's told me, and I've kind of touched base with him periodically over the last handful of weeks, and he's told me that this, this lady, this OR director, is essentially just avoiding him. And so, you know, when he's there, she'll like dip out of the room when she sees him coming. Or, you know, he'll, he'll stop in and, and catch her randomly and be like, hey, do you have a minute? And she'll be like, no, I don't. Sorry, I got to go do something else. And so has clearly been avoiding him. Um, you know, for one reason or another. And so what we don't have clarity on is what are the next steps for us to be able to get this product in the door? And granted, you know, this isn't my account directly. I kind of help manage this product line. And so it's um, the reps that are in these accounts who are more or less going to be the ones that are driving it. But obviously I, I come and try to help out and do what I can and, and be there to 
help facilitate us kind of getting these products in the door. But ultimately, it's kind of been on this rep to make it happen up to this point. And we met with her today. And when I say met with her, we essentially stood outside her office till other people were done meeting with her. And uh, the rep said, hey, do you have a minute? And she's like, no, I don't. <laughs> so, so she immediately says the same thing. And then she sees me standing there with him as well, which I haven't been with him kind of since he's been trying to meet with this lady previously. And so I think she realized, okay, I can't like just walk away and totally avoid him today. And she goes into, look, obviously I've seen the email from you, um, but ultimately like I can't make this happen. I don't have the time or the bandwidth to be able to get your product in the door. I can't do the analysis, the financial analysis of using your product over what we currently have. And she's like, are all, like, is your product so good that it's going to be saving our patients' lives? Like, are patients dying because we're not using your product? It's like, <laughs> no, they aren't. And so I'm, I'm not doing any talking at this point. I'm just kind of letting her talk with uh, this other rep. He's like, no, but, you know, we can save all our time. It's a better product. It's more efficient in, in the operating room and whatnot. And she's like, every single rep I talk to about every single product says it will save over save OR time. She's like, and there's no way to quantify that because in the operating room, every patient and every procedure is going to be different. Like regardless of if you could tell me that your product is going to save time, yes, there might be instances where you could do a stopwatch and start and stop at the start and the end of the procedure and say it's faster, right? Like that one was faster than the last one and then you'd want to attribute it to your product. But then if it takes longer because for whatever reason, implants pull out or there's, you know, more bleeding issues or the patient has, you know, for whatever reason, they can't keep the blood pressure as low as they would with a different patient because of comorbidities. And therefore the, you know, the surgeon is dealing with more bleeding than they normally would, or there's an infinite number of factors that could also make it take longer. And then at that point, you don't know if it's going to be your product or not. She's like, so there's no way for me to tell, like, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but there's no way for me to quantifiably be able to look at your product and say, oh yes, this is going to save X amount of time and that'll be X amount of dollars. And she, she more or less was just shutting us down saying, look, I don't have time for this. Number one, you're not the only reps that are coming to me trying to get us to evaluate new products. She's like, I have reps from every specialty, ortho, gyne, neuro, all of them coming to me saying, hey, we wanna trial this new product. She's like, if it's not saving patients' lives, I don't have time for it right now. More or less, that was the extent of the I was gonna say conversation, but it was not really a conversation. It was her uh, reaming us out, let's say. Uh, <laughs> and so why I bring that up and why, why I think it's relevant to talk about that in relation to the sales versus uh, clinical, people that are strong clinically versus strong uh, from the sales side of the business is that people will give you the time if they like you, they want you, they they want you around, they trust you, they know you're not gonna waste their time, etc. That is really hard to teach, I've found. And it's not that, like, I don't have a job title of like teaching these people, teaching reps how to, <laughs> how to have impact and influence. But, you know, I, I have hired reps in the past, I have managed reps in the past, and I've seen, you know, some reps that do very well with developing relationships with people, and I've seen reps that don't, and so I use that not to say that that rep isn't good at it. I, it's just one example of um, clarifying the difficulty 
of this job to actually sell products and get your product in the door at these facilities. You're competing a lot of times, not with the product that they currently have on the shelf, right? Like people get this confused all the time. They think that, well, I've got this new product and it's better than the alternative that they're currently using. Therefore, I just have to convince them that my product's better than what they're currently using. It's like, well, we're not just competing against the, the products that they currently have on the shelf that the surgeons are using because yes, we're better than them. We have a better product. We're competing against all the other reps in all the other specialties that are also trying to get their product in the door. We're, we have a time, we're competing with time of these, you know, of the OR director for her to be able to sit down and do a financial analysis of why we would be better, of how much we would save and or cost more, and why it would make sense to do it. And she doesn't have the bandwidth for it, right? And so I'm not, you know, I'm not going to use this episode to go into kind of recommendations for that situation. I'll, I'll save that for another one. But I use that to point out the fact that getting people to like you, getting people to being able to influence people, getting people to want to do business with you, getting people to like it when you're around, getting people to trust you, getting people to have confidence in you that you're not going to waste their time, that you're going to add some value, that you know, you're not constantly going to be selling them something, getting people to not be annoyed at you when you are a sales rep. Those are things that I have found are very difficult to teach. I have no idea how to do it. Like I try, I try to do these podcast episodes. I try to do, you know, my YouTube videos. I, you know, have the courses online and whatnot, but I don't have a good answer for how do you, how do you get better at making people like you? (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. And so that's why I have changed my philosophy or my mindset on what I take somebody that has, that I think would be stronger on the sales side of the business, but doesn't have any clinical background. The answer is yes. And that's because teaching somebody anatomy and procedures and products are very black and white for the most part. There's, there's a little bit of gray in procedures and everybody does it differently and yada, yada. But that's more or less just memory. That's just learning the bones, learning the tendons, learning the ligaments, learning the muscles. What do they do? Oh, this internally rotates, this externally rotates. These are the products. Okay, there's peak, there's metal, there's biocomposite, there's titanium, there's steel, there's like... You can teach anybody that. What I've realized is that it's hard to teach somebody how to have more influence. It's hard to teach somebody how to be more likable. It's hard to teach somebody you you are in a situation where you've got no OR director that doesn't that is clearly avoiding you. I don't know what to tell you. Like get them to like you more often. Find something to connect with them on. When you talk to them and see them every day. Don't always be trying to sell a product. Find a way, like if you go and ask somebody in that position, like let's say you do get hired as a medical sales rep or an associate sales rep or something like that. You want to get to the point where if you go to an OR director, you go to a perioperative business manager, you go to a materials manager, you want to be at the point where you could walk into their office and say, hey, can I get a couple of minutes? And they're not like, ah, I got to get out of here. <laughs> you know, even if they don't have it right then, they say, look, yeah, I'll give you a few minutes. I can't do it right now, but come back in, you know, 30 minutes or let me catch you on, you know, tomorrow, you know, before cases start or something like that. If you're constantly being avoided, there's, there's a disconnect happening somewhere. And I don't know what it is. Like, I can't tell you if you're in that scenario. Uh, because I'm not there witnessing it, but that 
I use that as an example to point out that taking somebody that is stronger in sales and you know influence and building relationships and developing trust and getting people being likable and getting people to want to work with you and not to be annoyed when you're around and not to avoid you and all of those different things like I don't know I'm not that's not an exhaustive list I think anyone listening to this can probably understand those types of people are more valuable there's some x factor that those people have that they can get people to like them and to want to work with them and when they ask for time they get it even if that doesn't mean they get the business that doesn't mean they are automatically going to be successful it doesn't mean like oh yeah i'm going to give you time therefore also you're going to get your product in here next week that's obviously not how it works but you being able to get time with customers is potentially the most valuable thing that you can bring to a medical sales company and so while somebody that might be strong clinically might be able to provide some clinical value earlier than somebody that doesn't have that background Ultimately, the person that's going to be successful long-term is a person that's going to have the intangibles about kind of around sales and around developing relationships and around having some influence and getting people to like them and trust them and have confidence in them and want to work with them and all of the above. And so I figured I could use that example where, you know, you've got an OR director that's avoiding us and, and, you know, to her credit, she's, She's like, I'm not just avoiding you. I'm avoiding all the other reps that are asking me for these things. I, I don't have the capacity to do it right now. I use that an as an example, not to say anything pro or con about the rep, but that the difficulty of this job comes down to getting access to people that can make decisions. And your ability, my ability to go get in front of these decision makers and try to influence them and get them to put in 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes to help me get what get done what I need to get done. That is the most valuable thing. It has nothing to do with me knowing the anatomy or the procedures or the products or anything like that. It's everything outside of the operating room that determines how successful I'm going to be. And I've always known that. I've always known that, well, it's a for-profit business. We're all measured on our numbers and, you know, growing the business is going to be the thing that you're measured on and that's fine. I just, I didn't appreciate at the time or didn't understand how difficult it would be to teach somebody those types of things. Like you can teach somebody a sales process. You can teach somebody how to handle objections. You can teach somebody some aspects of sales, but there are plenty of aspects of sales that come down to likability and personability and influence. And I don't know, there's, there's like, there's things that go on in developing relationships with people that I haven't been able to like put into words yet, but we all kind of know those types of people. That is the most valuable thing that you can bring because when it really comes down to it, to be able to grow a business, be, to be able to have a long-term career in this industry comes down to getting access and maintaining access to decision makers, being able to get people to want to work with you, to want to do business for, with you to put in effort to help you be successful and get the things done you need to get done. Because otherwise, you might be able to cover cases and that's fine, but that's not gonna grow the business. And you'll probably be out of a job at some point. So, uh, myself included. So, anyway, I, hopefully that is useful and a good way back into the podcast game. Anyway, uh, sorry for the hiatus. Um, 
I will uh, try to make this more frequent. Anyway, hope this was helpful and we will see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Medical Sales Certification Podcast. If you want more content like this, you can check out my YouTube channel for medical sales videos and my website for specific medical sales training programs. And the links to both of those will be in the description of this podcast. Thanks again, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye.